What's up, everyone, and welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports, broadcasting over the finest Spotify frequencies that nothing can buy. Because it's free. That's It's a, it's a play on freeness. You know what I'm saying? Freedom! <laughs> Are you appealing to the... <laughs> The freedom, the freedom audience. That's right. That's right. If you have zero dollars and you're listening to this, you're my guy. Uh, this is Corey DLG, and with me as always is little brother Nico. And you have tuned in to yet another edition of Nerd Thug Sports, broadcasting the Friday edition. We're going to talk a little Astros baseball. We're going to talk uh, NFL head coaching hires. We're going to talk NFL mock draft. And we're going to make some playoff predictions, uh, where Nico is currently up two games. I'm up. I'm up. Guys up big. Guys hot. Two games. We only differed on two games, so it's kind of relevant. Uh, okay. That's a 100% rate. <laughs> yeah, it is. You nailed it. Uh, and you really shouldn't have. I, I feel like if I remember, I, one of those games was like, the Jaguars-Chargers game really should have been mine, but that's all right. That's okay. Nah, but you see, I, and I, bet on the, I bet on the ridiculous supernatural luck, and I was right. That was the worst second half of Chargers football I've ever. I mean, that was, and I'm not even a Chargers guy, but like that was just a brutally bad second half of football. It just it was like the worst offense you've ever seen because the defense scored literally all of the points. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. So let's do this. Uh, you are listening to Nerd Thug uh, Sports, brought to you by The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more in The Adventure Begins Stadium. And we'll tell you about them a little bit later in the program here. But first, let's start with the Astros. Groundbreaking news on the general manager front. They finally hired a general manager um, after they did not renew the contract of former general manager James Click. Originally, they were talking about like a one-year deal, and he wasn't the guy who built the team, and the owner really wasn't letting him make a bunch of moves. So I, I, I feel like for him, he was like, look, I won I don't really need to be around here and keep being told no, like when I want to do stuff. Because most general managers, they want to manage. Not manage the game, but they want to manage the roster. And I feel like this team was so well constructed that they were like, let's not touch anything really. And really the biggest decision was bringing back Verlander, and that was strictly up to the owner because it was a $40 million decision. So like there was really nothing for James Click to do except for some minor stuff. So... Yeah, I, I feel like he was like, all right, well, i got a World Series ring. I've got some bragging rights. The resume looks pretty tight. I'm out of here. Um, but uh, they finally did make a hire after Jeff Bagwell basically being the face of this franchise this whole offseason. They hired Brown, who's been the vice president of scouting for the Atlanta Braves the last couple of years. Uh, and he's gotten a lot of picks right. The Braves are a good young team, so like that kind of makes you feel better about it. Here's what's interesting about it. He's the only black general manager in all of baseball. Really? Yeah. That seems kind of weird. Do, like, okay, I will say this. Black people overall, baseball isn't the game that they typically play. Like, statistically... Baseball is probably the lesser played sport among the African American community. Probably, do you, do you agree with that? I mean, yeah, it seems about right. Especially of the big three, like if you're talking about NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball is probably significantly less than the other two. 
Yeah, probably. I could see that. It's a big Hispanic sport, which I you know, I think is very funny. Right. It's becoming much, much more a Latin American, uh, Puerto Rican, Cuban American sport, Dominican even. Um, so I, I, there's not a lot of black executives in any of the leagues. Basketball probably has the overwhelming majority in the NFL. I, I think there's only three in the office and I think four head coaches. I'm not sure about that. Um, that just did that off the top of my head. Um, so, I guess in one way it's not a surprise. Like, this is a sport with the least amount of black people playing it. Therefore, the odds of someone being a black general manager probably are a little bit lower. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're just going like, well, actually, the raw statistics, it's like, all right, yeah, it probably works out that way. But it's just surprising in the sense that, I mean, there are 30 teams. That is a lot of teams. <laughs> Not like, there are 30 teams. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like the stars have to align, right? I guess, I, I, guess, I don't know, like, I don't know if there's any like, Hispanic general managers either, so... That would be the more interesting one. Like, how are we going to have any Latinos in here or anyone? Yeah, I, I think we just, I think Major League Baseball just had their first let, Latino manager a couple years ago. So. See, that's more surprising because of, because of how many, how many, you know, Spanish speaking people in the league. Just off the cuff. like. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's kind of all. I mean, listen, I'm sure there's some analytics that we could look into here. But it does really. If there's kind anyone of, that has them, it's baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it it definitely is baseball just a white people game. Is that basically what we is that is that what we just say now? Like we just said, the Latin Americans play it. But are we essentially saying like, yeah, it's them and it's white guys? Yeah, pretty and much. So, <laughs> and so do, then do we just kind of go? Eh. It's like between like that and like golf. Oh, golf is a pretty white sport. Uh, and Asian. A lot of a uh, women's golf is almost predominantly all Asian now. That's interesting. I did that. I did not know because I don't keep up with golf. Uh, I only see like the names of the winners and like the tournament placings, and it's a ton of. I mean, it would be a stereotype, but like it's a ton of like Choi's and Kim's and things like that. And I'm just like, hmm. Okay. They're, they're Chinese dads who play golf, and then they play golf. May I mean maybe I don't know. Golf is definitely like a luxury sport. I don't consider it a sport. I consider it a game. It's not a sport because you can't directly affect the other team's outcome. That's how I define sports. Uh, but I, I definitely... There's not really... Yeah, I guess there's winners and losers in the sense of, like, there are other people in the competition. Yeah, everyone's just posting their best score possible, though. So it's all mental. Yeah. Like, you can't actively defend your lead in golf. No, I guess that's fair. But then that, that turns off like a bunch of legs, like every competition sport then. Oh, I've, I, we've had this argument with like my friends and stuff. A lot of the Olympic sports I don't consider sports. I mean, they're games, but they call it the Olympic Games. So I don't... That's fair. They don't call it the Olympic sports. Yeah, they don't They don't say, hey, we're, they say we're getting together to play the Olympic Games, guys. Um, and a lot of the stuff they nominate year in and year out are non-sports, like X Games and stuff like that. Chess or is always in the nomination. the brand new one... Break dancing, <laughs> yeah, break dancing, not a sport. And it's kind of, and, and it's not a comment on athleticism or any of that. It's just literally, like, like can I tackle another... the quarterback? Can I stop you from scoring? Oh, there's nothing I can do. If you hit your triple axle, you hit your triple axle. Okay, then it's a game, not a sport. 
And some people were like, oh, but when Tiger's wearing his red shirt on Sunday, it's super intimidating. And, and I get it, and I don't necessarily disagree that's intimidating, but that's mental. Like, that's you letting Tiger intimidate you. That's not, he's, he can't, he literally know. can't do anything to you. His name is Tiger. That's true. Like, if he was eating people on the course, that would be a different game completely. You've got to shoot 18 holes before the tiger eats you. What? Now that. Would you consider that a sport? Survival golf? Survival golf would be... No, still not a sport unless you can contact with the other players. Like, can I break his knee and leave him on the course and then he can't finish the 18? And gets no, eaten no, by absolutely. a tiger, or like if you th- you could throw him in front of the tiger. Yeah, then in that case, absolutely. Not only is it a sport, it's must see TV. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of licenses we had to get, but I mean, it's it's coming. Yeah, listen, we're already in the power slap semifinals, so and the car jujitsu, so it's all coming, man. See, those are sports, right? Uh, both of those are sports. Yes, I would say. All right. Uh, the slapping one is probably the one that closest comes to the edge of whether or not you can defend, but it is directly yeah. interacting with the other person. Right, and but more importantly, uh, power slap is crazy. I don't know if you've seen like it's just people getting knocked unconscious the entire yeah, time. Yeah, for uh, frankly. If if we if there's ever a complaint about the NFL in concussions, where are all of those doctors right now at the slap league? I don't under it is just it is just a clip show of people falling over and forgetting it's Tuesday. I don't know I don't know what else to do about that. That is it's like the least it's like the least safe thing because even like it's the least brain like, healthy thing you could do for sure. Oh no! Not only that, like somehow, like. Russian slap leagues are more well organized and better, like in terms of safety, than than the televised thing powered by what's his name, Dana White, UFC. Yeah, yeah. Like, how I, it how is do interesting we get, how to hear the referees. Here? Like you have thirty seconds to get back in the box. Take your time. Take a deep breath here. Breathe, breathe. You've got thirty seconds. Get back in the box. For those who haven't seen any clips of it, essentially two people stand about a small plastic table apart. Uh, They must stand perfectly still while the other guy slaps you. You typically fall to the floor from the impact of the slap. And there's guys who are catching you. There are pads. You you get to hold on to mats. Like, there's all kinds of stuff they do to help you out physically. And then you have 30 seconds to get back to your feet and back to your little square, your competition square. And then from there, you have 30 seconds to return a slap. Uh, It is... I I, I was going to use the word fascinating, but that's not really the word. It's depressing, but interesting to watch, for sure. And there's no way it's it's brain healthy. This is is clearly... These are people who... There's a lot of of rules about it, so, like, you're not supposed to... It's civilized, yeah. Yeah, because especially in a lot of the other slap leagues, like... You're not supposed to hit people with like the like the 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 like their your your palm of your hand because oh, it's just really? a palm strike. You're not trying to knock people out. You're trying to slap them. I mean, I am trying to knock them out. I don't want them to respond. Right, for, but that's the thing. And forget about losing just the coin toss. Knock people out versus like, slap them. It's not a it's not a real slap competition. <laughs> it's say I'm gonna hit you with my hand. And you're gonna fall over. <laughs> 
it, it, there's there's a zone to hit in too because I've seen where sometimes they hit too high and someone indicates it's like that felt like my temple, not my cheek. Uh, so it is genuinely yeah. a slap, and it's men and women doing this. Not a, it's it, within their own genders. Um, although I'm sure that's coming too. Um, cross gender. Oh my god. Cross gender super slap. Get yeah. ready. Get ready. Um. Well, we have journeyed from first uh, from only black general manager in baseball to super slaps, but no, it is it definitely. I don't know, man. It is. It's super. It's, it's super. It's weird, weird that yeah. we just have the worst version of something. <laughs> no, that sounds pretty American right now. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm just talking about like in terms of safety. It kind of reminds me of like. Where like somehow boxing was the world like world's deadliest sport for a hot minute. That's right. I mean, well, they used to like the rules used to be very weird in boxing because it wasn't about like you wouldn't agree on the length of the fight beforehand. The fight would go until one side quits or is done, and literally you would have like thirty round fights and eighteen round fights. The idea of fighting for nineteen rounds and still not knowing who's the winner, yeah, that that definitely made boxing something different. And then the fact that every couple of years somebody would die in the ring made it kind of a, you know, scary, but interest. I mean, there's a, listen, America has a very morbid fascination with mortality. Um, I think that's why the DeMar Hamlin story kind of grew such impressive legs. And even last week, as the Bengals were beating the Bills, DeMar Hamlin was still the subject of a lot of TV time. Um, we're just very fascinated with mortality. So the idea of knocking someone out, we love it. We love it. As a as a people, America, we we can't get enough of people getting knocked out. Um whatever that says about us. Take take what you will. Are you are we all terrible people? I don't know. I don't know because like what do you are we all terrible people when it gets like 70 million views like if everyone's doing it, are we the bad guy? Like I don't know. I don't, it's Listen, morality is not as cut and dry as we want to make it out to be. Like, we can all make a list of things we, we're all pretty sure are bad, and then when presented in a certain way, we all go, oh, well, actually, that okay, well, I'm all right with that. So. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, we're going to hire some head coaches. Um, and so that did happen here. The Panthers have hired ex-cult coach Frank Wright. They went ahead and pulled the trigger. It was down to him or Wilkes, and they decided that, yeah, Frank's our guy. I don't uh, know why, but sure. Yeah, I don't know why either. It's not the choice I would have made. Um, I just think it's I think it's really strange when NFL organizations immediately go, hey, that guy that was just fired for being terrible, put him on the team. I want him. Well, and it's Especially clear- when you're already not good. <laughs> well, and it, okay, and here's the more interesting part to me. The Colts' problem, I don't know if that grammatically was correct, it felt wrong. The problem the Colts had under Frank Wright was they couldn't figure out the quarterback situation. Well, the first thing they're going to have to do in Carolina is figure out the quarterback situation. Um, it's like, you know that problem you had and couldn't solve? Here it is, again. It's, it's right back up in your face. And so I do think that there's kind of a... Um, I understand that people like the culture that Frank Frank Reich was very much good football. When you would hear him speak, it sounded like good football. 
He very much, in the Hard Knocks uh, season follow that they did last year with them, he sounded like a guy who understood how to win, and they were building a great winning organization. But there were still a lot of question marks. And while the team did overperform these last couple of years, they fell back to earth because, again, they were only going as far as these old quarterbacks were taking them. Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz. Uh, Matt Ryan. And so this idea that you could, I don't know, like they just, it feels like they just didn't, they were never the right, they never had all the pieces put together. And I I, I don't know who else you blame besides Frank Reich. I mean, it, it is, it was his team, his organization. And like I was saying all year this year, when a guy preaches character and grit and determination and, and win it by the inches and all of that and, and, and talks about that every day, day in, day out, every week, week in, week out, when the results don't produce, it becomes hard to value the message. And so two years ago, they made the playoffs under Phillip Rivers or with Phillip Rivers' as quarterback. Last year, they missed it because it came down to the last game. This year, they just couldn't get it done, so it felt like a backslide. From t- It felt like just steadily losing ground instead of gaining ground. And then that speech is the most annoying thing in the world to listen to. Like It's not fun to hear about a guy who keeps telling you about character and grit and trying and gosh darn it and let's get in there and go get it and, and let's fight for the man next to us. It, 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 that message only resonates when you're trending upwards. So like in Detroit, it works right now. But the second they start having seasons that trend downward again, that message won't resonate because uh, we've been doing that. We've been doing that the whole time, and now we're now we suck again. And that's always going to be the case. Like that's to me. That's why certain coaches don't last because they're message coaches. They're not game plan coaches. Messaging can work in short spurts. Like, the Colts could have won a Super Bowl anywhere in that four-year run if they'd have gotten the quarterback right. But the second the losing starts, messaging isn't fixing losing. You've got to get into the X's and O's, and it doesn't seem like Frank Reich has that club in his back. Right, and unfortunately, neither does Carolina where he's going to. (laughs) Yeah, they, I don't, uh, I don't know, man. It is what it is. Whatever. Um, yeah, so they hired Frank Reich, and I think it's a four-year deal. I haven't seen the terms of it yet released anywhere. Uh, the, classic, the classic NFL move, I'm going to hire this head coach for four years and then fire him after two. Uh, he'll get two and a half, three probably. Somewhere in that third year, he'll get run out. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not looking for a positive experience, especially when the last head coach when he left was like, this team is like six years away from being good. <laughs> not a good sign. No, that wasn't a good sign. And I, don't, I still don't understand quite like who did the math on that. Uh, that was a bad that was a bad sign. Dallas, Dallas made some moves. They they went home. San Francisco beat them. And a lot of it looked like it was Dak Prescott's fault. That's kind of the feeling in the conversation. There's been some subtle tweeting from a couple of the players. Micah uh, Micah Parsons has not been shy about pointing. 
He isn't saying Dak Prescott's name, but he's saying a lot of things like, hmm, interesting, three of the top four, three of the four teams left are on rookie deals with their quarterbacks. Interesting. Like, he's he's doing a lot of subtweeting, as they call it. Um, Very funny. The defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, has elected to return to the Cowboys after finishing up all of his head coaching interviews. So he is not going to be leaving the team. There was talk that, like, oh, obviously Dan Quinn's going to get a job somewhere. Um... That isn't the case. However, what is the case is Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones got together and decided not to renew the contracts for six of the assistant coaches from the coaching staff, all six of whom have been with Mike McCarthy the entire time. Good job, guys. Good, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm not a big fan of Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I'm not either, and I don't know how these... Okay, here are the guys. Okay, I'm going to give you the list here. Uh, running backs coach, Skip Pete. Defensive assistant, linebacker coach, George Edwards. Offensive line coach, Joe Philbin. Assistant defensive line coach, Leon Lett. Wow, Leon Lett, wow. Assistant head coach, Rob Davis. And quality control analytics coach, Kyle Valero. Uh, Leon Lett's a longtime Dallas Cowboy, so that's a little surprising. Just the name that they fired him. It's a little surprising, but whatever. Although I'm sure they'll find another spot for him in the organization in a couple of years. Um, or if he's dead set on being a head coach, I'm sure he'll get a job somewhere else. Uh, the Skip Pete thing is a little surprising because Zeke and him apparently are really close. And firing any of the defensive coaches is a little surprising to me. Because I don't, it's not the defense's fault. I don't think. Yeah, not, not especially not last time. Jeez. And and the offensive line played well, so I'm not sure. To me, this is a shot over the bow. This is Jerry Jones saying we're going to change how we do some things around here. And I I'm willing to bet whoever they replace those guys with are going to be quote unquote more Jerry's guys than Mike McCarthy's guys. Which I mean. It- it might be better for the organization, or it might throw a wrench into a system that seemed to have been working. They made it to round two of the playoffs. Um, again, I don't. You got to remember, last year they were terrible. Remember, I mean, it's just there's no consistency to this team. So, so it's easy to I say, mean, like, this yeah, is def- this is a definition of a 500 team. My they really are. They are, but, but it's. I don't know. Sometimes there's it may be good, sometimes it may be bad. It, that's really, I mean, there's just nowhere to hang the hat. You can almost just guarantee that next year is going to be bad. Um, you can almost just pencil it in, just because they did so well this year. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. So <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. Changes. It's like, you're not going to change your organization and then suddenly be like, and then everything was perfect. Yeah, these are the guys who were causing the problems. We solved it. Ezekiel Elliott set to make about $10 million, $11 million, something like that. Um, they're expected to ask him for a pay cut, but if they just straight up fire him, they can save $5 million. So you're starting to see the continued, you already saw a little bit of it last year when Amari Cooper was traded away. You're starting to see a little bit more of that degrading of the team because of the salary caps of all these different players. Um, so apparently all in on an okay team. Well, Dak Prescott, over the last two years, he's made 93, he's collected $93 million, which is the most over those two years. For a literal average quarterback. Oof. Yeah. But somewhere there's somebody who says he's one of the best. And so this is what's scary. This is almost why you can guarantee it. All right. So talking about they might get rid of Ezekiel Elliott. 
uh, Tony Pollard, the other running back, the guy who really kind of this was his year. Uh, he had to get he had to have ankle surgery from his injury from the playoff game. So you can almost guarantee that this team isn't going to come back the way it was this year. As if the changes in coaching staff weren't enough. Right, they're gonna have some. They're gonna they're gonna make some player changes too. Um, so it's it's, it's gonna it's, be uh... rocky. It's gonna be interesting to see. Anyways, um, while I'm not preying on their downfall, I, I certainly am a little bit. <laughs> it just for kind of the comedic value of it, right? Because it's so ridiculous. Like they always do this. Yeah, I mean, every time Dallas is like anywhere close to good, everyone like. I feel like Dallas is the one football program where it goes, I love the Cowboys. And then they're like, well, they're, they're like, okay at best. And they're like, yeah, but they're the best team ever. For the Look best team ever. They did this year, and it's like, okay. And then the next year they go like 3-10, and 10, and you're like, congratulations. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, it's starting to get to the point now where it's been so long since they won those Super Bowls that everyone still talks about that now there are players. So, like, Jalen Hurts, starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, is 23 years old, I believe. He was born after the last time the Cowboys went to a division championship game. Like, we haven't even gotten that far. So, or conference championship game, I guess. So, what that means to them is that, like, <laughs> it's been 23, 24 years, something like that, since they've been in that spot. So, now there are literally whole generations of NFL players who don't remember the Cowboys being this team that their fan base still thinks of them as. And that's really kind of an interesting situation for them to find themselves. Um, one last head coaching note, and then we'll move on to the other fun stuff. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach of the Broncos, who was the first head coach fired, if I remember. Nope, second head coach. Carolina Panthers went first. Second head coach fired this season. He went ahead and got himself a job as the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Uh, I mean, he was an offensive coordinator before, so it's not that weird. Yeah, uh, what makes it uh, newsworthy is the same thing that happened when he went to Denver. When he went to Denver, all of a sudden people were whispering, ooh, Aaron Rodgers can go play in Denver for Nathaniel Hackett. Um, that wasn't the case. That isn't what happened. Um, obviously, they traded for Russell Wilson. But they did go get an experienced veteran quarterback, so there there was some validity to that string. Um. <laughs> so now they're saying that now that he's with the Jets, that he might go do this because the Jets are wide open at quarterback. Zach White, not who knows. He was he was hurt. They've already given up on Wilson. I mean, they're just a mess. Um. So, are they in the market for Aaron Rodgers? Now the scuttlebutt is well. That's why they went and got Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, maybe. It doesn't really make a good argument, but okay, sure. I mean, it just makes it interesting because all of a sudden, even though Aaron Rodgers is under contract with the Packers, would it shock you if the Packers traded him? Like, if the right package came along? Because they have a guy they like, right? Like, they keep drafting other quarterbacks. So, it feels like they mentally keep preparing themselves to move on and then just waiting for him to make a decision. So, I mean, if he came to them and said, yeah, you can trade me to New York. I, I, I think they would do it. Yeah, even though it's really silly. I don't know why they're so hard-headed over there. They just are. They just have it in their heads that they don't necessarily need... 
They don't value Aaron Rodgers the way they really, really should is basically what it Green, feels like. Green Bay, one of the only football programs I've ever seen in my entire life where they have a like generational talent and then they're just like, we're just going to ignore that. We don't need that. Yeah, when can we – how many different ways can we aggravate him? Like, they just really kind of go out of – but you know what? That's what happens over time. Like, you do fall out of love with these guys. You know, New England and Tom Brady was the same story. Um, yeah, but the difference between that is that, like – Tom Brady at least has the six Super Bowl rings. Aaron Rodgers has, like, the one. <laughs> uh, Peyton Manning, Indianapolis. That's fair. You know, like, the city of Indianapolis, the Colts really owed Peyton Manning everything. He was the reason they were even good. Uh, but th- he needed that year off for the next surgery, so they, they put him on injury reserve, and instead of... Just saying you can have the year off and figure it out. They didn't know if he was ever going to play football again. They had the opportunity to draft Andrew Luck, and they went ahead and just said, oh, we'll take Luck and we'll let you go wherever you want to go, Peyton. So then he goes to Denver and he wins another Super Bowl. Uh, but the fact of the matter was, you know, he... If, if people really value what you do for them, then Peyton should have stayed in Indy. Like, Indy should have protected Peyton Manning. Well, I, I usually would agree with that. At least they had an opportunity. I feel like that situation is just a little bit different because he was injured and they weren't sure. Because still, it's different. Still it's got like, one more Super Bowl. I mean, he still went and got one. He appeared in two. I, 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 I'm, look, I'm not saying it wasn't the right decision. I'm just <laughs> saying it was a decision. Yeah, I'm no, just saying and they had the like chance Aaron to get Rogers Andrew Luck. has been healthy almost the entire time. <laughs> no, you're right. And, and that doesn't stop them every year from being like, well, maybe... Like never, I'll never forget the season where he immediately they they got their first round of the draft pick and they drafted a quarterback. It was the most insulting thing I've ever. And he's still like, floating around. He's still on the roster. Right. It's not even like he's going anywhere because it's it, it, like in the Peyton Manning situation. It's like, all right, you know, he's injured. We're not sure if he's going to come back. We'll draft a quarterback and then just let him go. Like unfortunate, but sure. And it wasn't even like Andrew Luck was bad. They drafted an absolute nobody in Green Bay. That's, yeah, yeah. the Jordan Love pick at the bottom of the first round isn't the same thing as Andrew Luck, number one overall. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. Um, so here's a weird thing, and then we'll get into the playoffs. Uh, Mel Kuyper released his mock draft. Uh, he's got his three quarterbacks. Um, the Alabama quarterback, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, and then Levens of Kentucky. Uh, he's got Levens as his number one quarterback, though, okay? So the board goes Levens one, Strahd two, uh, and then the Alabama quarterback. I keep forgetting his name. Um, so Levens is their number one quarterback. Well, they have us taking the first quarterback off the board with the number two pick, and they have us taking C.J. Stroud. Now, I don't know... If that's just Mel Kiper forecasting how we are going to grade the quarterbacks versus how he's graded them, or if that's him saying, well, the Texans are going to screw up and not take the best quarterback. Which, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. People don't <laughs> look very favorably on Houston sports. They all think we're dumb. We, we definitely have to earn some credit back, but... I feel like that's like I feel like it's sort of disrespectful that he's like, here's the best quarterback, and they're not going to take him. 
I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It just feels a little dirty. Like, it feels like he's kind of kicking some dirt on us. I mean, what's new? This is this is every Houston every Houston Texans meme is the planet is like. Anyway, so here's the right decision, and here's the Texans' decision. Yeah, it feels that way a lot of times. It really does. All right, so let's get into the picks, and then we'll get out of here. Um, it is, of course, San Francisco at Philadelphia at two o'clock on Sunday. Uh, let's see if I can smartly do this while we talk here, trying to get the. The line and the information and all that. We're going to get the game cast pulled up. San Francisco at Philadelphia. What are you thinking off the top of your head? Uh, as much as I want to pick Philly here, I think I'm going to go San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, if it's, now San Francisco is on the road to Philadelphia. But Philadelphia has been playing just kind of different here lately. In the beginning, they were blowing everybody out. Uh, the matchup yeah. predictor says it's 34% San Francisco, 65% Philly. Yeah, see, I don't think the numbers are anywhere close to that high in Philly's favor. I don't think so. Uh, Here's the spread. It's at home in Philly, and they're only giving Philly the field goal. It's minus two and a half. Yeah, see, that makes that that's way closer to what I was thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. If it's minus two and a half, how could it be 34 to 65? That is a good point. Um, so are you going to take the points? Are you going to go San Francisco plus two and a half? I think, I think so. No reason not to. If you think they're going to win, you might as well take the two and a half. The over-under is 46. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with the under. Honestly, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. They had trouble scoring uh, against the Cowboys. I don't know that Philly, though, is that same level of defense. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, this might be this might just be like a just an absolute ridiculous game where they both score like 20 points. Yeah, because if they both get to 23, it hits. So if it's a 24-27 type game, you're over hits. 46 is a low number. They both were low-scoring affairs, though, last week. I, I think what I'm going to do here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Eagles. I don't know. I don't like giving up the points, though. I don't know. It's so tough to say. I'm going to go Eagles, and I'm going to take the over. Yeah, all right. Then I'll just go opposite you because I have, I just have a feeling this is not going to be like a crazy game. So I'm going San Fran over or San Fran under. Okay, all right. Uh, now let's jump into the real game. This is this is basically the Super Bowl. I feel like in a lot of ways, <laughs> it really it really does feel like it, right? This is Cincinnati at Kansas City. By the way, several t- several members of the Bengals referred to Arrowhead Stadium as Burrowhead Stadium. As in Very Joe Burrow. Funny. So they are not worried. They have, in fact, beat the Chiefs through the last three times they've played them. Uh, Mahomes practiced today for the first time since his ankle injury last weekend. He said he felt really good, and he's also counting on adrenaline kicking in when that game gets going and that he'll be just fine. That's a fair thing to say, I feel like. Yeah, but that does very much feel like a PR, like... No, don't worry, guys. I really am going to be okay. No, I, I think if you make the comment about adrenaline, then you're at least acknowledging, like, yeah, I, I am slightly limited. But when when the game gets going, I, I'm, it's not going to I'm not going to hold me back. I don't know. I have way too much faith in Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati is the team right now. They are hot. Um, okay, this is almost a straight up pick'em. It's Kansas City minus one. They're at home, so they're taking away the field goal advantage. 
And the over-under is 47. Yeah, I don't think this is a 47 game at all. I'm going Cincy over. This is the easiest position of my life. Cincy and more than 47 points? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Kansas City. Um I don't I don't love I don't want the under though. Uh I'll take the over also. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I just don't believe the under. Like I feel like these are two that's teams what, that are gonna score a lot. Of, like yeah. 47. I was like, nope. I, I think it's gonna be like a 35 28 type game. So like I don't yeah, believe this is gonna be a huge game. This yeah, is gonna be I think awesome. so. This is the only game I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Uh, this is at 5.30 on Sunday night. Um, Perfect. All right, so there you go. There's our picks. We talked mock draft. We talked some coaching hires. We talked uh, some power slapping. We talked some baseball. We talked our dream golf game. Uh, yeah, this ben, is... Ben, survival golf. This, this is a packed episode. All for free. You guys paid for none of this. Not any of it. Uh, but you know who did? The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More, right there on 1488 up there in Conroe. They're bright, they're family-friendly, they're well-lit, they're a great place to go and hang out and be a part of the crowd. Um, Nico and I get all of our nerd stuff there. And then upstairs in the second story, that's right, it's two stories. They have the Adventure Begins Stadium with all kinds of great sports memorabilia, packs of cards, all just all kinds of awesome things. They even have a little lounge where you can watch sporting events. Uh, All kinds of signed things and just great little objects and jerseys and balls and all kinds of stuff. It's great. It's just really, really great. You need to get out there and check it out. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More, in the Adventure Stadium right there on 1488 in Conroe. If you're not up there, if you're spending money on cards and, and sports and stuff and you're not doing it at Adventure Begins, you're doing it wrong. Because you get points, you get to earn more points, but get you more stuff. So get out there to the Adventure Begins. Have a great weekend. We will be back next week in full swing. Three shows broadcasting, two sports, one Nerd Thug Radio, and an interview. So four hours of content next week. Thanks for hanging out. This is, as always, Nerd Thug Radio.